resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away. Communication is down all over the country. Everybody was just rushing up to the closest high point. I'm just holding on for dear life here. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. The warnings were going up. The extent to which people took heed of the warnings is another question. Very much a wake-up call. People were prepared and that's why we've got less lives lost than we could have had. People need to know what to do and it's not difficult. We provide the right information to people and they can act accordingly. Pacific Kissing Was. The Pacific Pacific Ufala must prepare. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Hello and welcome to Pacific Prepared, where you'll hear advice to help you and your family prepare in the event of a disaster in your region. I'm Fred Hooper and welcome to the program. Coming up in this episode. Tonga is still very much at the front of people's minds at the moment, following the volcanic eruption on January 15. Our reporter in Tonga, Anasu Falakahono, has been speaking with survivors of the eruption and subsequent tsunami. The land was bare and empty. We felt lonely and told ourselves, maybe it's time we move out of our home. Then when we told we will be evacuating to Nomuka, we all jumped at the announcement as none of us wanted to stay back on the island we once called home. There was no use staying back because there was nothing to come home to. Everything was destroyed. You'll hear more of those stories soon. We'll also catch you up on the events of the past couple of weeks, what happened and when it happened, and hear how the Red Cross is keeping COVID safe while delivering supplies to the community. This is Pacific Prepared. Ten minutes after the earthquake, we had a loud bang and then just saw the sea rising up. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Pacific Prepared. The eruption in Tonga has dominated international news since it happened and the conversations and thoughts of people right across the Pacific. This is a timeline of events since the eruption and how they've unfolded to this point. The underwater volcano has been active in recent years and yesterday a huge explosive eruption generated a tsunami pushing metre-high waves towards the Tongan capital Nuku'alofa, which is 65 kilometres to the southeast. The king was um, evacuated from the royal palace. We know communication is still down in Tonga. It's still hard to reach people. The most significant impacts of the volcano have been felt on the island nation of Tonga, close to where the eruption took place. Witnesses said it shook the earth for several minutes and sounded like rumbling thunder. The International Red Cross warns up to 80,000 people in Tonga could be affected either by the eruption itself or from the tsunami wave. Unfortunately, we have not had any direct communication with our government or our official in Tonga. So most of our information feeded to us through the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade of Australia. In its first update since the disaster hit, the government has confirmed every home on Mango Island, where around 50 people live, has been destroyed. A 65-year-old woman who lived on the island has died, as well as a 49-year-old man on Namuka Island and a British national. Evacuations from the worst-hit islands are also underway. Volunteers have been sweeping ash from the runway of the main airport to allow planes bringing much-needed drinking water and supplies to land. International aid has finally begun to arrive in Tonga after local crews quite literally cleared a path for planes to be able to land. There was a mammoth effort by His Majesty's Armed Forces to clear that runway by hand 
and they've achieved that this afternoon. Satellite phone services in Tonga are gradually being restored since the Hunga Tonga Hunga Haipai volcano eruption. Uh, there are many Tongans, uh, many Australians of Tongan descent uh, who are particularly concerned about their loved ones. We're doing all we can to re-establish those communication lines so they can be in touch and uh, again the High Commission's been doing a great job in tracking people down and, and creating links. Thousands of litres of drinking water have been distributed to residents. Tonga, which has recorded just a single coronavirus infection, has brought in a strict disease control policy. When the planes, when the aids are, uh, when they arrive in our shores, we still apply a policy of uh, COVID-19 because in the meantime, we still have to um, be careful. We have to be cautious because COVID-19 is still out there in the world. The big problem now is the dust. It was so thick and it's black and it flies everywhere. And it's also dangerous for their health because we breathe. Tonga really needs help. Be informed. Be ready. Pacific prepared. It's certainly been a very long couple of weeks for many people in the Pacific. And of course for people outside with friends and family who they haven't been able to make contact with. Tongan reporter Anna Su Falakahono was in Tonga during the eruption. Tonga was gripped with fear and panic on Saturday 15th of January as the massive undersea volcanic eruption rocked the kingdom, the first such natural disaster to affect everyone. Anna Su talks about what it was like during and after the event. Rumbling sounds of massive explosions from the volcano was heard far and wide throughout Tonga, with people in Tongatapu advised to move to higher grounds to escape any harmful waves from the tsunami warning to coastal areas. As you can imagine, this kind of explosion from a volcano wouldn't have been something that people had experienced before. For many Tongans, it's their first time to experience such frightening sound and felt the vibrations. People started to evacuate to higher grounds, especially those inland and on low-lying coastal areas. But unfortunate for some, they were still in the ocean with their small fishing boats as they did not expect such incident to take place. Few minutes after the sound of explosion, people could hear the pumice rain on their rooftops, then the ashes from the volcano covered the whole of Tonga. As people were rushing, Children, parents and elderlies were crying and some were panicking. Yet officials such as the Prime Minister were on the radio with key messages to help people remain calm during this unimaginable period. People were strongly advised to remain indoors, wear masks and protective glasses to protect them from the ash and most importantly to remain calm as they were rushing to higher grounds. People living on low-lying areas and coastal waters were urged to move further inland and tsunami warnings were issued. Evacuation centres were activated, church halls and school buildings were opened for the public to accommodate for those who sought shelter that night. Darkness was falling on the land faster than normal days because of the black clouds hanging on the area while queues of vehicles seemed too slow when people sought higher places to move to, such as Mataki Ewa, which is located further inland. 
It was a chaotic scene, especially the main road in Tongatapo. Some places only experienced the sound and the volcanic ashes, while some places were flooded with seawater. Fishing boats stuck at the front yards, and the ocean relocating their houses, damaged or destroyed by the monstrous waves. As the people were rushing inland, there were those in the ocean thought it was their last day on earth. The Enili Salaf Atata, a small island located on the northwestern side of Tongatapu, says it was a terrifying experience that will never be forgotten. No one more win the Hidi of Although we knew on that day we were not going to make it out alive, it was dark, we were still out at sea, and with two waves ahead, the captain promised to make it through the waves with the little energy he had in him. He could not care less about his life, but for us, his passages. The saddest thing is that we were on the boats with young children. When we made it ashore, we all had no energy to continue on, but I regained my strength when this young child called out for help. I lost the sight of the dangers ahead. What was important to me is to help everyone get inland. Some of us had minor injuries, and for a while, no contact was made from the mainland. I'm sure we all lost our minds seeing the aftermath of the waves. Most of us were traumatized, but fortunately, those with injuries were treated the day after. With the edge from the volcano, everything was in black, and it hurt to walk on the cement. It was harsh on our feet. And then we heard stories the government is trying to evacuate us. But I'm just grateful I still get to see my people on the island. We do not care about our house and our property. All we care about is our lives. I will never forget the experience, but I'm grateful I'm still here today, despite the terrifying experience. We went One of the most affected islands was Nomuka in Hapai, with over 100 inhabitants and people shared their experiences. Reverend Tongi One Halasili of the Church of Tonga. There was this woman with disability whom her brother tried to rescue from the beach, and when I saw the incident, I ran over to provide the first help when the first waves came crashing on us. Her brother suddenly left the scene, and after the first wave disappeared, I let her rest against the bandana tree next to us as she was struggling and couldn't swim. Meanwhile, my feet was already in a bowl of blood from struggling along the waves, so the only best option for me was to let her go so I can swim back to my family. As this is the first time for people to experience volcanic eruption and tsunami, the government geologist Daniela Gula explains what exactly happened on the 15th of January with the volcanic island Hunga Tonga, Hunga Haapai. On the uh, evening of the 5th of January 2022, an unprecedented eruption from the Hunga volcano emitted ash into the atmosphere up to the stratosphere and spread radially throughout the kingdom up to Vava'u within an hour, which caused darkness over Tonga and Hapai group and causing up to one inch ashfall all over Tonga Islands, cutting off communication for up to 
a few days ago. We weren't able to connect to the world. So on that uh, day, tsunami evacuation was issued by the meteorological services. So people were advised to move to higher ground. Gula is also reminding and urging the people to be prepared as similar occurrences might again happen in the future. So people are encouraged to wear masks at all times and stay alert to the authorities should any advice of uh, evacuation be warranted. And continue effort is made to monitoring if the volcano is dormant or still we have to anticipate more activities from the Huma volcano. But at the same time, testing water resources for the quality before consuming and continual assessment is ongoing. And we think that um, the communications between the authorities and the, and the people are, are good at this time. So should there be any emergency or disaster in the future, we are better prepared for the next round of events, should it be so. Ten minutes after the earthquake, we had a loud bang and then just saw the sea rising up. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Pacific Prepared. We're hearing from the survivors of the recent Tongan eruption and tsunami. Reporter Anna Sue Falakahono has been speaking with people to give us a better understanding of exactly what things would have been like during this natural disaster. Another victim is Baya Helotutu Ipulotu of Nomuka. I came from the plantation to get us some food crops for Sunday when my neighbors shouted to get to the shore immediately because of the waves coming. First thing I searched was for my mom. I held on tightly to her hand, but as we made it to the door of our house, we were separated by the waves that came splashing on us. I thought I'd lost her until Sunday morning. She was at sea, holding on to a lock for dear life until rescuers found her and brought her back into the house. Kelebi Moala of Nomuka suffered from an injury while trying to survive the tsunami waves. On that day, I was with our church minister at sea and saw the waves at Nomukeiki and I told him that we should run for safety. In doing so, my feet crashed against a corrugated iron from the neighbor's house. My little nephew saw me and came to my rescue and I told him I'm not injured because I was trying to be strong for him until we reached the top of the mountain where the rest of my family were. One of the saddest stories shared was the wife of the late Delai Tutuila, the Biloma Tutuila of the island of Mango. Mango was completely destroyed by the tsunami waves. Delai was one of the two people died from the tsunami. Although I lost my husband to this tragic incident, I am grateful for I know that God is with me always. Our house was where the waves hit first. Everyone called for me to run and that's when I saw my husband for the last time. He made sure everyone in the house ran for safety. The next morning we discovered his body. I was so sad at first, but I knew the Lord has a purpose for him. I couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, but that experience helped me to put my trust and have more faith in God. Their son, Patiola Tutuila, said they did not expect such tragedy to take place 
and to lose his father on that day. No one expected to experience this. We were all sitting around the house with my friends when a child ran over and asked that we run to safety. We grabbed a few of our clothes. As we were running, we heard some kids crying, so we stopped and went to the sound of the crying. We took them to the area where everyone was. I saved my little sister and I swam, and when the waters was at my neck, I saw my mom, so I carried her to safety. When we reached the safe area, my father was the only member of our family that was in there. I went back to find him, but unfortunately, he didn't make it. One of the elderlies of the island, 81-year-old Galisi Levi, says the incident was just unforgettable, and she survived as she was carried by her grandchild to the top of the hill. When the ash rainfall came, we sang gospel songs until dawn. Tragic thing is, we lost one of the men on our island. Sunday passed, we were still here at Mount Sayone. On Monday, we discovered our houses were all taken away by the waves, including all the cemeteries. The land was bare and empty. We felt lonely and told ourselves, maybe it's time we move out of our home. Then when we told we will be evacuating to Nomuka, we all jumped at the announcement, as none of us wanted to stay back on the island we once called home. There was no use staying back because there was nothing to come home to. Everything was destroyed. The islands of Ewa, Ha'apai and Tongatapu were severely affected, while the islands of Niwa For'ou, Niwa Tongatapu and Vama'au had minor damage. From Tonga, I am Anasiu Falikahono. Thank you to Anasiu for her reporting from Tonga during this very challenging and sad time for the country and the Pacific region. It was a terrifying night. Everything was shaking and getting pounded by debris. We had to make sure that they have a safe shelter and drinking water. Helping you stay safe, Pacific prepared. This is not an official warning. But just a reminder of things that can be helpful if you or someone you know is in the vicinity of a volcano. Helping you stay safe. Pacific Prepared. After a volcanic eruption, many dangers remain. Here are some tips for what to do to keep you and your family safe after an eruption. Pay attention to warnings and stay indoors until officials tell you it is safe to go outside. Listen to receive emergency information and instructions from your battery-operated radio, social media or text alerts. Only take notice of official advice. Do not act on or spread rumors. Turn off all heating and air conditioning units and fans. Close windows and doors to help keep ash and gases from getting into your house. Stay away from ashfall areas if possible. 
avoid contact with ash as much as you can. Keep your skin covered to avoid irritation from contact. If possible, wear goggles to protect your eyes from ash. Do not travel unless you have to or have been advised by an official. Driving in ash is hazardous to your health and your vehicle. If your drinking water has ash in it, use another source of drinking water such as bottled water until your water can be tested. Clean ash from on top of your home and other buildings. Ash is very heavy and can cause buildings to collapse. Be careful! Ash can be slippery and it is easy to fall. Disasters destroy lives, homes and livelihoods. So prepare now. Include everyone. Make it fun and be prepared. Information has been compiled from multiple official government and non-government agencies across the Pacific and the world. not an official warning, but more of a friendly reminder on some of the safety basics to do with volcanoes. That was Pacific Prepared Samoa correspondent and Radio 2AP's senior reporter, Maui Lutamose, helping you know what to do if a volcano has erupted. It was a terrifying night. Everything was shaking and getting pounded by debris. We had to make sure that they have a safe shelter and drinking water. Helping you stay safe, Pacific Prepared. We know there's been lots of assistance coming into Tonga over this period, and adding to the challenge is COVID-19. The deliveries need to be COVID-safe to help protect the communities. Carly Taylor is the Head of Disaster Management at the International Federation of the Red Cross. Welcome to the program, Carly. Thanks. Uh, Since we last spoke, what sort of uh, progress have you made on the ground in Tonga? Yeah, so the... the Tonga Red Cross have been out uh, every day delivering the essential household items. So that that consists of tents, uh, kitchen sets, blankets, jerry cans to hold water, and providing uh, water alongside the government. So so that's been happening on the, the west coast of Tonga Tapu as well as the outer islands in uh, Hapai. Has water been the biggest issue for people? It, it has been one of the main issues um, that the government keeps reiterating, and, and, and that, is, uh, that, that is true. What, what I think has been one of the misconceptions is that there, there were major water issues with access. So in some of the areas where they didn't have groundwater sources or the rainwater harvesting, that's where the, the water supply needed to be delivered. What, what they're also saying, though, is that there's a misconception that the water is toxic and, and the water is actually safe to drink now. 
and the government is trying to make sure that that message gets out so people don't throw uh, the water away. Um, it, it, it may taste bad and, and there needs to be some filtering or, or boiling done. There's been a lot of assistance for Tonga over the past couple of weeks since the eruption. What do we know about how these deliveries are being made to Tonga and, and how they're COVID safe particularly? Yeah, so there, there's been quite a few flights arriving that have been co-organized with the various governments and, and militaries. I, I think last count was about nine. So there's been a lot of stock coming in that way, um, as well as some ships from both Australia and New Zealand. The, the, the COVID protocols right now are for 72 hours to, for relief items to be quarantined, and it's being done uh, non-contact list. So they've got systems in place and it's, it's running quite efficiently to ensure that, that it's done to prevent any COVID outbreak. So it's taking a bit longer, um, but it, it, it's definitely worth the, that, that, that delay to make sure that COVID stays out of Tonga. What about plans from this point moving forward? What, what do you know about what the, the Red Cross's plans are? So there's there's a few things, you know, the main ones are, are continuing what's being done now is making sure that there's shelter, uh, toilets, and the basic essential household needs. Latrines have been uh, an issue in some areas, so we're trying to provide some portable toilets to, to the outer islands that, that need that. On, on Tonga Tapu, I, I think that, that those things are, are being addressed and, and fixed. The, the other area that we're looking into is, is the nutrition and, and some of the psychological impacts. So, you know, taking care of the, the shelter, food, water, but then also providing emotional support. So Tonga Red Cross had done some psychological first aid training previously. So when the volunteers are out doing, doing their distributions and assessments, there, there's that emotional support, um, which is really important given what, what people have gone through. The, the other thing is, is looking at some of the nutritional needs in, in the short term, like the short to medium term, in a month or so. Um, the root crops have been fine, we're told. The, the light vegetables like lettuces, tomatoes, bok choy, they'll have been damaged by the acid rain. So we're looking at how we can look, get some seedlings and, and get those out to the community. So in a month or two, uh, there'll be fresh vegetables to, to supplement the, the, the starches and, and the non-perishables that, that they're likely being provided with. Communications have been challenging through this whole period. So have they improved over the last couple of weeks since the eruption? They have. So the initial first days, we, we had no contact because even the satellite phones wouldn't work. And then you know, two to four days after that, the sat phone started to work and, you know, the communication was sort of limited to, to radio style uh, chat, uh, you know, basics of yes, no, um, because it, it, it would constantly drop. Since then, in the last few days, we've, we've moved to mobile and we're, we're able to call the, the landline. Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. 
It is produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoa National Radio 2AP, and also recognising that we're thinking of our friends and colleagues at Tonga Broadcasting Corporation at this time. Thank you to our reporters and guests for providing valuable information, particularly hearing from people in Tonga in what's still a challenging time for them. My name's Fred Hooper. Please share any information that you've learned today and stay safe. This has been Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared.